Hello, 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 hello. Hey, everybody. It's so good to be back to see, not see, I guess, to, to, <laughs> to talk to everybody. I feel like I've been gone for a few weeks because I have been gone for a few weeks. Um, but I'm super excited to be here today to be back recording, talking to y'all, chopping it up, talking about being black, talking about being fat. As always, I'm your host, Joy, Um, and today we actually have a special guest. Uh, I'm super excited to... um to be on to be on the show with her today um, to kind of talk a little bit and so um, we are going to go ahead and get right into this. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> um, as you can see, I think today is just going to be a fun show. I haven't even introduced her yet, and she's already <laughs> chuckling and laughing. So expect fun today, people. Expect fun. Um, I have here with me a very special guest, Miss Tiana Dodson. Um, from One Beautiful Yes is here with me today, and she is a fat activist and a health coach um, who runs, like I said, One Beautiful Yes, uh, where she helps people um, in their bodies, in their beautiful, voluptuous, big bodies, um, find their own definition of healthy. And so, Tiana, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, Thank you. I'd be, be, be here. <laughs> yes, and I am happy that you're here. And you <laughs> notified me before I started recording that this is your first interview. So I'm so excited um, that you have chosen to actually um, do your first interview with me, uh, yes. which is great. So I'm happy that you're here. I'm absolutely um, excited about just having uh, other individuals who are committed to fat activism, who are committed to um, body positivity in ways that kind of um, further the message of self-acceptance and growth. Um, and so I'm happy that you're here. This is going to be fun. You. This is going to be great. And so um, I don't want to speak over you in so many words, but I would like for you to kind of um, introduce yourself to those that are listening and maybe talk a little bit about yourself um, and maybe in some ways how you've come to a place of self-acceptance. Oh boy. You know, <laughs> <sighs> one, two punch. So yeah. <laughs> I'm nervous. Mm. But Don't be so. nervous. Don't be <laughs> Come on. Mm. So I'm Tiana and I am a fat activist, but kind of backed into it because I would have never like gone out there and been, you know, pinned it to my shirt. Like, Hey, I'm a fat activist. I'm going to be an activist. Damn it. There was uh -huh. nothing like that. Okay. Um, I started as a health coach because I, um, a couple years before had found my own health coach because I was looking to find health. You know, I mean, I had turned 30 and, um, things like it's like okay I, I'm really an adult now so I really need to pay attention to you know my health and really in the back of my mind what I actually meant was it means I'm gonna get skinny for the first time and for the rest of my life I'm gonna stay thin yeah and that's really what I meant mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah and so I, I found this health coach and I thought she was gonna be able to help me but in spite of the fact that like I did learn how to eat vegetables and enjoy them um like what I really found out was 
dude, nutrition is actually really cool. I really enjoy uh-huh. this. Um, and I think that health is like an awesome thing to help people achieve. And I've always really liked helping people. So this is just perfect. And uh, I ended up moving to Germany and having to leave my job. And so I had a perfect opportunity to go ahead and like try this health coaching thing out. Um, And that was like excellent and totally terrible at the same time because I entered my training as a health coach with people who were like, yoga teachers (laughs) um Mm. they own their own yoga studios they were personal trainers they had been vegans for like years and i'm just like um i'm a fat girl (laughs) and i just want to help people get healthy because it's fun for me uh (laughs) but i'm a fat girl and you guys are all talking about getting rid of people like me um and that like was difficult, really, really difficult to find my place. Um, so through my training, eventually, you know, I got okay with it. And I, and I stood up and was just like, yes, I'm fat, uh-huh, but I'm working on my health. And, you know, so I had kind of stumbled into that good fatty archetype, which was like, you know, I'm a fat, I'm a fat person, but I'm working on my health. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm doing good things for myself. Look at me, look at me. I'm, I'm healthy. So I'm okay. And so Mm -hmm. people were like patting me on the head, like good fat girl. That's good. Um, and you know, they let me into the circle. And so when I started practicing and everybody who came to me was coming to me because they wanted to lose weight, it just always felt so hollow because I, by that time had given up on the whole weight loss thing. I was really more interested and really just felt better about just working on my health and Mm -hmm. who cares what the scale said. I mean, at that point I kind of stopped weighing myself and um, I didn't really know how much I weighed anymore. Uh, And I felt liberated, but I still would go to the doctor or the gynecologist and still the comments about well you should lose the weight you should lose the weight you should lose the weight it was just so frustrating because it was like hey um I don't like feel like I need to lose the weight all my blood work looks good like um I like feel good and I don't I don't I don't understand like how losing weight's gonna really help me because all the times I dieted before like I never felt good when I lost weight, you know, I, I looked good and I would look in the mirror and I would look at the scale and I would be excited when people would notice my, my waist was smaller, but I never felt good personally. So it was like, there's, this is, there's something wrong here. And I started Mm -hmm. looking online like you do (laughs) for, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, is there an option, you know, is there a different way to do this, to go about this? And I discovered health at every size. And that was like, ta-da you you know everything was just it was perfect right. it was just like, it's like oh this is exactly what I'm looking for you know and it wasn't just like some ridiculous zealotry like you know um it wasn't just like buying into some religion of craziness um it was science-based it was backed by the stu- the the research um you know and it made sense and that, and that was the thing that was that was the most amazing was it just it made sense you know and and I was like hey this is the answer and from that point forward like I just kept diving deeper into it and 
learning more about how to like be, still be a health coach, but be, but practice health at every size. And so I started finding more and more people who were doing this type of thing. Um, and I was just like, oh, this is just, this is just wonderful. And so that acceptance came along with that because, you know, I'm living in a fat body. So I'm not a thin ally who is saying it's okay for people to be fat. Like I'm a fat person saying it's okay for me to be fat. It's okay for you to be fat. It's okay for anybody to be fat. That is not the enemy. Um, And just in saying that out loud, okay, on my blog, not not necessarily out loud, but but out loud (laughs) on my blog, you know, (laughs) I realized that like, I was doing activism, you know, like I wasn't in the parade and I wasn't like, I was really a nobody. Um, I mean, I was getting like two people coming to my blog a day because they were, you know, looking for ways to sell stuff to me. But, (laughs) but basically, you know, like I, I was like, this is activism. This is activism. This is activism for that one person who shows up and reads it and says, oh my God, I had no idea, you know? And, and, and I was like, there's a different way. There's a totally different way. You don't have to be in the parade to be the activist. You don't have to be, you know, um, stepping on people's toes and pushing your way through the door to be an activist. Like you can just be an activist by showing up. And that's what I did. I was fat and I was unapologetic and I was happy to take up my space and stand up for myself when somebody said, excuse me, you're too big there. Um, And like, that was exciting. So basically, yes, this is where (laughs) fat activism showed up and how I ended up being a fat activist. Okay, so let me just say this. Everything you said is like super awesome, just super awesome. And I can relate in so many different ways, right? So like, you know, even how you kind of talked about like your journey to this idea of self-acceptance. And yesterday I was thinking about this because for some reason or another of late, I I, I don't know why, but I work out like super late at night. And I uh-huh. like to be active and I have this thing about like weights and lifting them and it makes me happy on the inside. And I haven't quite figured out why, but um, <laughs> I enjoy it. But um, after I was done and I was done stretching and everything, I was kind of sitting on the floor and remembering um the time when I had lost weight. And so like you were talking about like, you know, how like, you know, you lost weight, but you didn't feel good on the inside. And I can remember being in pain. Um, Like people were like, oh, Joy, like, you know, you look great and da, 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 da. But I remember being constantly being in pain, like not in a pain of like, um, like, oh, I can't make it through the day, but like things I would notice about my, myself or my body, like I never hurt, like my knees never hurt the way that they hurt before. Like, even though I was mm. smaller, you know, there were certain things that like I noticed about my body that I didn't have to deal with before. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of looking at that, like that idea of like, okay, um, I'm not feeling the best, even though I look different and people are acknowledging like, that I look quote unquote better, whatever. Right. I was cute before, was right. cute after, right? Um, but kind of looking at those things and saying, okay, um, what is going on here? And then in addition to that, like, you know, for me, I can say personally losing 
or like missing if I missed three days or, or four days of like exercising. I would watch how my weight would fluctuate in such a large way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one year I celebrated, I graduated from undergrad and I had like watermelon and hot dogs. And the next time I weighed myself, I gained like 10 pounds. Oh my gosh. Wow. And I remember flipping out like, this is not normal. Like what's going on? And it wasn't until I started to kind of dig in research, like you said, kind of looking at these different things that I start to notice like, Hey, there's something like, it was almost like you couldn't put your finger on it. Um, and me personally, I've been fat my whole life. So yeah. um, I've danced fat. I've rolled bikes fat. I've walked down the street fat. I've laughed and talked fat. All of right. these different things and, right. and kind of finding, you know, coming to this place of coming, uh, of finding haze. The program was like, yeah, wait a minute. Like I can be healthy at the size that I am. Right. Like going to the doctors and all of that stuff, like kind of just recapping, like, you know, there's so much in my life that kind of relates to your story and saying, you know, there's a big debate right now that's going on. Like, can you be fat and fit? Um, Well, Uh, this fat girl says that you can. Um, Seeing how I've lived in a fat body my whole life. And like you said, going to the doctors, all your blood work comes back. Everything's fine. And everybody's just pushing about a number that's on the scale. And nobody's yes. really, you know, there isn't that extra consideration that's being given to you because people can't see past your stomach. You know, they yes. can't see yes. past, you know, the size of your body um, that, hey, like, she's fine. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that's, you know, that's wrong with her. So I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of what you said kind of resonates so much with me. And I'm sure that we're not the only people that's out there that has kind of been through this same type of journey, this place of self-acceptance and even the way that we in society as a whole kind of mask, right? That idea of like what it means to be healthy. Cause when we really talk about, you know, when we talk about being healthy, that's what a lot of people talk about actually being skinny. Right. And so whenever I say I want to get healthy, what you're really saying is I want to lose weight. Exactly. I want to be healthy, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, like health is not really the biggest concern. Right. Right. Because if people would check your numbers, that stuff would be okay as it is. Um, And so I think like you kind of said a lot. (laughs) You kind of said a lot and I could like, you know, like re like go over it. I mean, just in the idea of like, you know, activism within itself, there's so much stuff nowadays that is that that's kind of radicalized in so many Mm -hmm. words. It's like a radical approach to activism and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I think that there, you know, I think for certain people that radical activism works for them. Exactly. If you want to go punch Nazis, go punch Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. You. You know. Right. You. I mean, and even within, you know, this, the idea of fat acceptance and, and, and body positivity, if that's what you want to kind of label it under, right? Like people hitting the beach and like right. two-piece bathing suits and, oh, and yeah. different things like that or wearing crop tops or, um, you know, and then some okay. people was walking around in bathing bikinis, like in the middle, like in the middle of the city, like they were, it wasn't yeah. on the beach, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, big ups to those people. Um, but everybody, that's not where everybody finds their voice. Um, and like you said, sometimes just by standing up and occupying your space, uh, you realize like, man, I'm doing 
activism. I'm doing oh, the activist work. Um, so I'm grateful for your story. And I think that you said a whole lot just in that little, you know, in that little snippet, because um, oftentimes when we think about activism and we think about self-acceptance and all these different things, like, you know, we kind of think about the picture that's been set before us. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm often reminded of the story about the women in the civil rights movement who could not be at the marches. Mm -hmm. And um, so the women who couldn't be at the marches there, but they were women who actually worked at like the printing mills. And so yeah. what they were able to do was they could print the flyers for the right. marches, um, right. but they couldn't physically be there. And right. so I think about that and I say, you know, we need people in every facet of the movement, so to speak. Um, exactly to kind of be active. And so if you're the person that prints the flyers, you're no less than the speaker that stands at the podium. Absolutely. And so I think that, you know, yeah, I think that that's great. <laughs> so, Absolutely. so yeah. So building on that though, I know you spoke a little bit about being in Germany, living in Germany. Um, so Kind of tell me a little bit, like, what kind of prompted your move to Germany? And is that, do you notice um, any differences between um, the activism that you do overseas versus what's happening here in the States? Oh, boy. So I moved to Germany um, originally because I was, I was working at Princeton Plasma Physics Laboratory as a mechanical engineer. And we were doing, <laughs> we were right. doing fusion, fusion energy oh, research. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. I said, whoop, whoop for STEM. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, our funding got cut because, you know, America doesn't like science unless science produces money. And we were spending money and uh, not in a way that they were happy about. So they shut us down. Um, and the problem is that generally when a project is shut down, you can lose that um capability and all that knowledge just like festers and dies so they sent me over here to germany because they're doing a very similar project and um i was the boots on the ground the the um <laughs> the goodwill gift uh so to say to oh. promise that we were going to actually like make the uh make the collaboration happen and we were gonna you know be good with our word and so i was over here for a year working on this fantastic project um called uh wendelstein 7x so w7x um and it's it's running it's it's amazing like that sounds <laughs> that... like some james bond what did you say it was <laughs> it got letters and numbers and everything I'm know, sorry. it's amazing i mean it's just it's an amazing machine and um if you guys want to if anybody is interested in learning more uh they have a website in english and in german so if you speak german good for you um but uh, it's also in english <laughs> and right. you can lots of information you can also wikipedia it, whatever but um it's just an amazing machine and and I was really, I'm really pleased that I was a part of it um, for that short period of time. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up over here um, doing this German thing. And, and while I was here, I met a guy who wow. actually is not German. He's French. <laughs> okay. All right. Keep keeping it, keeping it multi-culty. I turn um, my volume up. I need to hear this part. 
you met a, a French a French fella. Yeah, a French fella met in Germany, right. random, um, that I was working with. And so at the end of my year, uh, we had already begun, we had begun dating. And mm. so when my contract was over and I went back to the States, we continued dating. And things got serious, you know, like they do when you meet somebody worth it. Mm. And uh, like in when the you end... meet French fellas. <laughs> French yeah right. Mm. All right. <laughs> and um and we did the very very romantic uh romantic thing of making a spreadsheet of pros and cons of who moves where ah. and as you can tell uh europe won you mm-hmm. know mostly because of like things like universal health care um <laughs> and wow stability um i ended up moving here and that's actually when I started my whole health coaching deal because I had to leave my job at Princeton in order to be in Germany. And um, so as far as activism and fat activism and acceptance is concerned, I didn't start that until already I had been here. So I've never experienced this on the, excuse me, on the U S side. I've only experienced it um, here in Germany. And uh, up until recently, I hadn't really been in contact with German fat activists. I knew there were a couple out there. Um, I had found an organization that does this type of work, but um, the majority of their stuff is in German. And even though I speak German, like it's not at that level where I'm comfortable uh, 100% um, reading and and corresponding in German and so like um never really made friends but then uh Kat Pause of the Friends of Maryland podcast um came to Germany for a sabbatical and she planted herself in Berlin for a couple of months and it was like oh hey Uh (laughs) um let me go and hang out with you and through her met an amazing group of fat activists and just fat positive people in Berlin. And I mean, before that, I had actually stumbled into a fat activism group in that's based in Berlin. So there's like a nice big nest of fat friendly, super fat people um, doing cool, fat positive stuff in Berlin, which is like three hours away from me. Um, And so I'm really like disappointed that I'm just that I waited so long to like jump in and 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 meet them because I've been missing out, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a few questions, a few okay. follow up questions. Go for We're it. gonna tackle them one by one. Um, so first, um, so you have a your husband. I'm 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 imagining you're married at this point. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I didn't want to call him a boo thing without, you know, I wanted to make sure I got the label right. So you have a boo thing, right? You're doing this fat <laughs> activism thing. How does he feel about it? Oh, man. So like he, you know, at the very beginning was kind of like, uh, I guess it makes sense. I mean, you know, I see you in your larger body and like, I love you and I appreciate you and I, I find you attractive and all this good stuff. So you know, this can't all be crap. Um, 
but he's like a skeptic like that's just who he is he's skeptical Mm -hmm. of everything like you got to prove it to him and so of course like he was my first I guess customer is a way to say it um where I had to like you know explain what Hayes is about and why Hayes is the truth (laughs) um and and like you know he keeps me on my toes because he's not like He's not the kind of person who's just like, okay, honey, yeah, whatever you say, that's cool. No, he's like, wait, hold on. You said this, but um, you said this. And I just need to understand how those two things go together. So, like, I cut my teeth, you know, in debates with him about what Hayes is about and why um, it's what I want to do and how it, like, basically has changed my life. And, uh, also, you know, he's basically been with me throughout my whole journey. So, um, like, uh, we started dating before I started seeing his health coach. And so he's been there since, you know, he's been there since the beginning when I was dieting Tiana. And he's, you know, seen all of the different iterations of Tiana changing into haze-based fat activist um health coach business person and um like you know man he deserves so much props for that (laughs) so basically like you know i mean he's definitely i would say he's a convert but he Mm -hmm. does still have a skeptical question here and there um but i have found that like he definitely has um like he's internalizing the messages because sometimes like he'll come to me and he'll make an observation about something and the words that are coming out of his mouth are things that I'm like, yeah, totally, totally. Those are exactly the right things to say. So it's like, yeah, you're learning and you are growing into it and you are understanding. Look at you skeptic. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's great. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes we, you know, I think with any larger societal type discourse that people have conversations, like when you've been taught this your whole life, um, it's awfully hard sometimes to discard it without reason, right? Like without some type of explanation that you are personally like satisfied with. And like me and my boyfriend, we go back and forth about, I mean, we talk about black liberation, and some days it's like four hours like we start at 12 and it's like three in the morning when we get done that sort of thing um just kind of having conversations and and really you know digging in deep about you know our mindsets around what we've been taught and what we've learned and you know while this why this perspective is is advantageous versus another perspective um and so I think you know along with I think it's just healthy to have sometimes like healthy discourse because people can help you work through, you know, well, if you said this, but now you're also saying this, how do these things connect or how don't they? Um, And so, you know, I'm not going to say there don't be times when I just be like, whatever, (laughs) like get out my face. I'm done having this conversation with you. Um, Sometimes that, you know, sometimes you have that type of feeling, but being able to kind of come back and touch base with one another and kind of grow from there. um, And you'd be surprised the way that things kind of catch on. I remember one time me and my boyfriend was walking down the street and he had shown me a shot. 
lady had and she sells like African garments. Um, mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, but you know, I don't shop there because she don't sell clothes that fit like pe- people like me. Nice. And I just kind of sat back, like, you know, you just kind of sit. I ain't say too much about it. I was just like, huh, well, would you look at that? Like, that is something that's, you know, pretty special, pretty endearing. It's kind of like, you know, the messages that you send or the messages that you talk about. Sometimes you don't always think that they get through, but, you know, then they start to show up like you were kind of saying. Absolutely. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I realize, like, when you have... A radical kind of idea and belief system like health at every size you tend mm-hmm. to have like three different types of conversations um when you when it comes up and and like the first conversation is somebody who is like oh okay well that's interesting and just kind of changes the subject because they're like mm-hmm. you know too polite to say anything else mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. and then there's the second type which is like somebody who just like wants to challenge the crap out of you because mm-hmm. what they want to do is like you know i mean they're asking questions and they're and they're they're trying to have a debate but really what they're trying to do is prove you wrong right. and they're just waiting for that aha aha see look mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense they're just waiting for that gotcha moment right um and and like you know it's because health at every size and and just 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 in general like fat acceptance and fat positivity just like goes against so many people's belief systems because they've been depriving themselves in the name of health or thinness their whole lives. And like, they're looking at you and your fat body and going, hold on, that's unfair that you're able to have cake and not feel bad about it when I'm not having cake because I feel bad about it. This is unfair. So I'm going to have to break you down. This is conversation number two. And then there's a third conversation, which is like somebody who's like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Thank you so much for showing up and telling me about this, because now I can totally change my life. And um, I really like that third conversation, of course. (laughs) But um, but I do welcome the second conversation as well, because I feel that, you know, if if I'm talking about how fat is not a bad thing and everybody in the crowd is going yeah yeah you're right totally cool thumbs up and like you know that's the end of it like how am I going to grow how am I going to get better and how am I going to know that I'm doing anything positive you know because basically I have at that point surrounded myself with people who believe the same thing and you're not going to be any good after a period of time, you know, a long period of time swimming in the same pool like you need a bit of challenge you know you need to You need to like, you know, work that muscle a little bit um, where you have to make sure that your your beliefs are still as sharp as they need to be, that what you believe is still true. And also, you know, that like you're still doing what you set out to do. You know, I mean, if you surround yourself with yes men, like that's no good. Right. It's no good at all. And it also gets pretty pretty tiring to preach to the choir boy i mean after a while everybody knows what you know and we just regurgitate that information it's like high-fiving each other um and if activism is really your goal then you're not really doing that absolutely it's kind of like 
<laughs> if everybody okay. around me agrees with me, then I am not making any headway toward eradicating fat shaming. None whatsoever. Right. right. And depending on how big your circle is. So if it's just you and seven other people who get together every day. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> eh, you know. So I, th I think, you know, the other part about that is, um, you know, being challenged should in some shape, way, or form kind of be the norm. Yes. Right. Because if you, I mean, it wouldn't be activism if it wasn't challenged on some level. It wouldn't be, you know, and the fact that haze in and of itself is considered radical, um, mm. I think says a lot. The fact that I, you know, that it becomes problematic or that I'm making some type of political statement when I say I can eat cake and not feel bad about it. I think is um is kind of a a big deal in the grand scheme of things like it's Absolutely. it's almost weird like you know I mean and I think at this point now considering like doing research it's kind of taken um it was written in a research article that um I actually read I had used in one of my the, one of the reports one of the papers I wrote but that it's the norm for women to be dissatisfied with their bodies yes like it is it, 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 there is, I mean, and there's a normalcy that's attached to that. Like if you are a woman and you're not happy with your body, there's nothing that is surprising about that. No, I mean, it's an, it's no. an icebreaker. It's, it's something to bond over. You're a woman. Mm -hmm. I'm a woman. Oh man. Let's talk about how much we hate ourselves. It's just, right. it's like, it's, and I mean, and it's and it's weird. Like, oh, I hate my thighs. I hate my arms. Like, yeah. you know, and and the fact that it's normal to me. I mean, like, if you walk around like that all the time, of course you're going to buy into an industry that tells you you can change yourself. Of course you're going to, you know. And I like makeup. Don't get like, don't get me wrong. And I wear makeup. Um, but if people always tell me that the lines on my face are a problem, then as soon as something comes out that tells me I can hide the lines in my face, that's what I'm going to do. If Absolutely. somebody, you know, if, if the dimples in my thighs, dimples that I was born with um, are what seem to be problematic, if cellulite is, is problematic, if stretch marks are problematic, um, all these things that we really don't have control over. Um, but I'm taught that this is not acceptable. Then as soon as a product like that comes out, then surely I'm going to jump at it, regardless of, you know, the failure rates. Like we talk about this oftentimes is like, you know, we know, well, within the community, diets have a 95% failure rate. Um, but the diet industry is a $60 billion industry. And oh, yes. You got to kind of ask yourself if it fails and you know it fails, why do people keep going back to something that doesn't work for them? Um, and part <laughs> of it is because of this societal, you know, these societal standards that yeah. we're constantly being told that we're not good enough and women are constantly dissatisfied with what they Absolutely. see in the mirror on a range of, you know, on a range of, of, of issues. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's control, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, like, like if you, if you distill it down to the very core of what it is, I mean, it's control. Like it is a patriarchal system that is finding a way to shackle women and keep us from flying and achieving what we 
could achieve. I mean, how much time and energy have you spent thinking about how fat your thighs are or how wiggly your arm wing is or about the fact that like you have a love handle. I got some love handles. My love handles are wonderful. Um, But for years they were like the worst thing. And like, I would be in a, in a class, like trying to hold in a love handle or like, you know, standing up in front of a crowd uh, in front of a, a class or, or, or even um, um, a crowd making a presentation for like my job or, or when I was in school um, like worried about are people seeing my love handles you know like um, do I look fat like is my chin positioned correctly so like my double chin's not showing instead of focused on the work that I was doing or focused on giving the best presentation that was capable in you know just like I work so hard on this information or I'm putting this stuff together but I'm focused on how I look so if we keep women focused on how they look I mean look at all the stuff they're not doing all the energy you are spending focused on the male gaze and like how can you be attractive to the men around you or the women around you if if you're interested in women um uh and, and it's just like like that's just energy you're not putting toward like bettering yourself as a person or like making yourself more interesting or like getting more education or, or just like reading a great article, you know, (laughs) this is like, you're, you're just wasting so much time worried about the fact that you can't eat cake. (laughs) And I, I can eat cake. Right. Listen, I, listen, I, I posted on Facebook the other day. That on the eighth day, when the Lord was creating the the earth and the sky and stuff, on the eighth day, he made Rocky Road ice cream and birthday Boy, cake. Holla at that Rocky Road. Listen, <sighs> um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of issues of morality around food. What yes. you can eat, what you can't eat, what makes you a good person, what doesn't make you a good person. And beating yourself up about cake or candy or whatever else it's like there's so much more to you as a person i mean you know considering the events that have happened um particularly today there was a mass shooting in uh las vegas last night and like to think that we spend more time thinking about the cake that we ate than issues like this right like i you know i it's it's almost it's troubling beyond measure when you really try to sit down and, and wrap your mind around it. Like there's so many other things and like, kind of like what you said in the beginning, like you're, you were a mechanical engineer, a mechanical engineer, but yet still, you know, worried about your presentation of yourself in front of individuals. Right. And I know there was a, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of issue around Oprah um, when she went back on Weight Watchers. Yes. Um, because of some of the comments that she made, like finally making it over hurdles and, and different things like this. And people were saying, you know, out of everything that Oprah has accomplished in her life. Yes. Um, this is the one thing, like the one thing that she set her sights on when yes. it's all said and done, you know, and it's like, you yes. know, Oprah's done so many great things, but her weight, this one thing kind of eludes her. And I think, you know, as a society, again, we got to kind of go back to a place to where we say, you know, what really matters to us? 
you know, and again, masking it by this idea of healthiness and what that means when we really mean that we just want to be smaller. Like, why is that such, why is that such social capital in our society? I'm, I'm surrounded by scientists. I'm surrounded by researchers. I'm surrounded by doctors, mothers, healers, encouragers, friends, all who are different shapes and different sizes. But at the end of the day, I know that the world-class doctor is not going to be revered the same way if her body is too large. Absolutely. And that's extremely problematic to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like um, there is something so radical and so feminist about claiming your body Mm-hmm. And saying, you know what, I might be a woman, but I am not your public property. Because in our societies, patriarchal societies, women's bodies are freaking public property. We are there, you know, I mean, we are coached this way. We're socialized to expect to be judged by the others around us. I mean, and and when you say, I'm a fat activist, I practice health at every size, I reject your dieting and I reject your idea that the only way for my body to be a good body is for it to be a thin body, you are reclaiming your power. I mean, there is nothing more powerful than saying, I am not part of your system and you will not control my body. This body is mine. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said, it's like, you know, it's reclaiming the ownership that's been yours all along. Right. Yeah. But it's, you know, but you've been indoctrinated to believe that on some level it's not. Um, And so, you know, and I think that it's also important because the pushback that we often get, or at least in my experience, like the pushback again is like that issue of health and about yes. exercising and working yes. your body and all of these other things. And you can absolutely positively, without a shadow of a doubt, be involved in fat activism and fat acceptance and still work out. Yeah. You can still be involved in, in body movement. You can still do all of those things without weight loss being centered Absolutely. around, you know, around those things. And I, you know, I often tell my friends, I say, you know, what we call exercise today is what our parents used to call go outside and play. Yeah. Like when we were younger, right? Exactly. Like you can participate in body movements and it not be framed, right? M- medically framed the way that we talk about exercise today, um, the way that we talk about, I mean, oftentimes when people talk about exercise, they automatically equate it with weight loss um, as though you don't need some type of movement in your body just in general. Yeah. Um, and, and so, I mean, like also for me, like uh, I, I think um, sometimes I think I'm a bad health coach because I also believe that, you know, for some people, what is healthy for them is less movement, you know, Mm -hmm. or no movement at all. Um, Because like, ultimately what it comes down to is, is that a lot of people who are up in the gym and eating their paleo diet or their ketogenic diet or whatever other diet, like 
Found they're doing it. Nutrients and whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like they're doing it as a performance of health. You know, I mean, it's a morality thing that they're trying to do. Um, it's it's essentially like a buy-in into this cult of um, death defiance. Like, you know, I will be as healthy as I can possibly be, so I can live as long as I can. And and you know, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I think that's super. Like, if you can live to one hundred and seventy-two, good for you. Go for mm-hmm. it. But I do know that even if I only live till the age of 62, for me, the thing that's important is that I have a well-lived life. And if that well-lived life means that I stayed on the sofa, stayed on the sofa and didn't once ever try Zumba, um, then that's whatever, you know, like I don't owe anyone health and no one owes anyone health. And there is no requirement whatsoever to be healthy. Um, It's your body and you do what you want with it. Um, As long as you're not like physically hurting other people, um, you know, caveat there, but, but basically like, you know, health is individual. And for someone who's got an invisible, an invisible illness or a disability where movement is not possible for them, like to try to say that, you know, health is only this one thing, which means that you're doing it this way. Like, I just, I just feel like that's, that's so diminutive and and dismissive of other people's examples. And I'm not saying that, that you're definitely not doing that, but I'm just saying like in general, like when we speak about health or, you know, they speak about health, um, this is what they're talking about. Like health right. looks a certain way and it's like health doesn't look a certain way. Health can't look a certain way because all of our bodies are so freaking different. Um, we can't expect that, you know, one person is going to be able to perform health or achieve health the same way another is. And so like, you know, you have to find what is healthy for you in your situation, in your circumstances, with your abilities and possibilities, because like, you know, not everybody can afford to be a vegan um, and not everybody can afford that ketogenic diet. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody can get up and move their bodies the way they want to move them. Um, Or if they do, maybe they're not able to do it with regularity. So it's like, you know, we all have to find our version of healthy. And that's what we have to go for. Right. And I absolutely, like, I agree with that. One of the things that I was going to mention is that health is so subjective. Oh, boy. And we make it seem like, you know, like you said, like there's this one way this yeah. one and only way to be healthy and and not to mention that on a lot of on a lot of fronts we don't talk about total health no. right so when people are talking about being healthy what they typically talk about is this idea of physical health right, right? but you're not talking about what stimulates you mentally what keeps you exactly. on balance emotionally and all of those other things so i absolutely agree with that i agree that health in a lot of ways is subjective and you got to find those things you know mm-hmm. that work for you And I can, I mean, I can attest and just, I'll put this testimony. I don't even think it's a testimony. It's a statement, (laughs) right? Like I'm never going to be vegan because me and chicken, we were made for each other. And (laughs) nobody has has to worry about that. Like why, like, as far as I'm concerned, unless there's some type of chicken shortage that's getting ready to happen, but I don't really have 
you know, and I know like, you know, people watch the documentary or whatever, like what the health and, and whatever else. And, you know, and even within a lot of like conscious community circles, right. Within the black community, it's like this idea of like, Oh, but when we were in Africa, we didn't really eat this stuff. So we got to go back to that. And so people are, you know, making the journey back to veganism based on these principles. And that's cool. I mean, whatever works for you works for you. Right. But as for me in my house, um, which is my body, I'm going to stick with chicken for now. I'm going to eat the chicken and be happy about chicken and, and, you know, and whatever else happens, just happens to happen in between. Cause like you said, it's about living a full life. Um, and, and, you know, in a life that you yourself, and I think sometimes this is like, you know, cause we lose sight of this, something that you can look back and be happy about, not about what everybody else judges you about, but about, you know, when I look back at my life, can I say that I've lived a good life? Can I say that I've really enjoyed myself? Absolutely. I mean, there's nobody, there's, there's no research, there are no studies, there's no anecdotal evidence showing somebody who's on their deathbed going, oh, wish I had been vegan. You know, there's, there's nobody doing that. You know, they're regretting things that they did not do. They're regretting not like living their dreams. And, and like, you know, um, the, 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 the the infamous they you know like what's pushed upon us is that fat people are more likely to die or we're gonna die earlier or we're gonna have these lifestyle lifestyle diseases um but the fact of the matter is is that we all are going to die (laughs) it is part of the human condition um if you die sooner or later that is kind of not in your hands because you can be the most the healthiest raw vegan super super conscious and like you know growing your own food with a negative carbon footprint and get hit by a bus tomorrow like you can't control that you know um so the thing that's important is like are you living your life are you are you actually living your life are you actually enjoying your life is there joy there is there joy on the inside of your body like when you wake up in the morning. And that doesn't mean that every day you're gonna be happy, but like, can you find joy? Can you find satisfaction with what's going on in your current condition? That's what's really important. Um, Because I know that when I was dieting and when I was at my thinnest, like I was not happy, I was hungry, I was sore like an achy I was just miserable like I was focused on food so hard because I couldn't eat it you know and and I was always planning on you know like how I was going to not eat because I was going to lose that weight and how I was going to get to the gym and it was just like miserable I was not living life I was like living in between meals and gym sessions that's not life that's not healthy because I was miserable outside of that you know now my body is larger yeah my body is larger there's lots of fat on it my blood pressure is high yeah okay these two things usually coincide. That does not necessarily mean that I'm unhealthy. I feel good. I feel happy. Like I'm living life. I smile a lot. I enjoy, I laugh and I love, and I am loved and I'm doing wonderful work and helping people 
achieve the same thing. I'm not helping people lose weight. That's not what I'm doing. I'm helping people find their bodies and heal their relationship because that affects everything. The way you feel about your body affects everything that you do and everything about you. Absolutely. I could not have said that any better. <laughs> um, but I absolutely agree with you. And I and I do think that there has to be like a coming back to like that self-evaluation about you, how you feel about you, what you think yes. about you. Um, yes. Outside of this idea of being a certain body type. Absolutely. For sure. Um, and so kind of moving on, I guess, a little bit from here, because I think that we could talk about this for forever. Because, <laughs> because um, I, th- I think it's possible. I, I absolutely do. Um, yeah, but I, I think, you know, at the same time, people, uh, not people, but SoundCloud and in the, in the, in the <laughs> podcast, people will be like, okay, yeah, I'll go home, right? Like, y'all need right. to meet in person or something. Right. Um, so, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so moving on a little bit um, to my to my next question that I wanted to ask in regards to um, the activism that you do in Germany. Um, for those who may not know, right? So Tiana is a woman of color, um, and uh, and so I kind of wonder: Do you come across um, other women of color who are doing the work in Germany? What does that scene kind of look like? Yeah, there are some. <laughs> it's all right, actually really all great. Right. Um, I mean, Germany, in Germany, that's what I like to hear. Right? Germany is thought of as like, you know, very, um, uh, I guess monoculture is a good way to say it. Um, okay. But actually there's, there's pretty huge pockets of diversity in Germany. Um, lots of, there's actually a sizable amount of brown people, but it does depend on where you live. And where I live, there's not so many brown people. So I live in a I live in a small town in the northeastern corner of Germany. But um, in a place like Berlin, there's like just a huge diversity. It's such a cool town, um, and there are some wonderful women of color in Berlin doing really great things. And I know two specifically. Um, one is. Mary Amable of Body Mary. She's a a plus size blogger, body positive blogger, and model, fat, a fat shanista. And there's another woman who is a plus size model. And like the two of them do cool things together, Um, like wrecking shop in Berlin. I mean, it's just really great to see like women of color in Germany yeah. we're doing that activism that's exciting that's really cool yeah I mean I think it's always you know always interesting to hear what that activism looks like in other places yeah. um and what's happening um I remember I had visited or I didn't visit but I went to full figure fashion week um mm. last year not not this last past one but the the two before then and there were like people women that came from Nigeria oh wow um, yeah, and they were like, you know, they were coming to showcase their fashion. They were coming to learn about stuff. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that, you know, that these things were happening like in other countries. Um, so it's always interesting to kind of 
yeah. kind of see and hear about the work um, that other people are doing overseas. I mean, um, I feel like the I feel like the fat activism, especially the group that's happening in Berlin, like it's really it's really intersectional. So it's it's very much intermingled with um, the queer community and the trans community. Um, so it's just like this, this like bag of intersectionality. So you're going to get, yeah. um, you know, a group of people together, um, who like, you know, identify as like rad fatties, but also queer, you know, and it's just, it's just such a cool time, like all types of diversity. It's wonderful. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I, and I, and yeah, like you said, I think it's just it's kind of great to see other people um, who look like you, other people yes. who may not look like you, just to see kind of the way that that works together. Um, and I know that's something here in the States that people are looking to do a little bit more. Um, there definitely needs to be more integration in regards to um, fat activism and the incorporation Absolutely. of other identities and, uh, and, and yes. other races um, in the work. Yeah. So I think this is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I guess um, one of one of the questions that I have um, in regards to your own work, has there been like that one thing that stood out to you? Um, like kind of as you do this work, is there, you know, one thing, like one reoccurring thing that tends to always kind of come up? Um, so that one's interesting. Um the thing that comes to mind is like, so I used to go call myself the fat health coach, um, you know, and uh, mostly because it's what I was. Oh. <laughs> and um, it just seemed like, okay, yeah, you know, like, let's just be painfully obvious about what's going on here. You know, no flowery name for my business. Like, just just get to the, just get to the meat and the bone, the meat and the potatoes of the thing. I am the fat health coach. And, uh, so like people would come to me because they wanted, you know, they were fat people, um, fat women specifically, and they wanted to, you know, get healthier. They were concerned, um, about situations going on in their lives that were, you know, degrading their health or, or like, um, they had like mobility issues and they were gaining weight and they wanted to just get back to a place where they felt good in their skin and, we're doing good things. So like, you know, they always were asking questions about like, you know, how do I cook more? How do I cook healthier? You know, how do I get movement in? Um, how, how can I, how can I make these changes, these lifestyle changes that will make me healthier? And as I was working with them, you know, cause of course you like, if you come to me and you say, Hey, you know, I want to learn how to cook more vegetables, then I've got recipes for you. Like we can talk about that. I can tell you all types of little tips and tricks of how to get vegetables into your food. Um, and like, we can do that all day. But what I did find, the thing that stood out for me the most is the fact that in spite of what your stated goal is in relation to health, the thing that matters the most is how you feel about your body what your relationship is to your body, your body image, like these things are the things that are actually most important. Because if you want to talk about eating more vegetables and moving your body more, but you don't like your body, you're going to have a really hard time like sticking to 
these recipes and eating food that nourishes you and gives you all the good vitamins that are healthier and um, for your body. Like you're going to always end up in a situation where you're eating comfort foods because you're nurturing like those hurt feelings and that um, and the deficit of the relationship with your body. You have to learn to accept the body that you have before you can help to make that body healthier. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really stood out to me. Wow. Yeah. And I think uh, that kind of goes back to some of the things that we talked about earlier, um, mm-hmm. which I think is is definitely, definitely, definitely important and necessary. Um, oh, yes. Kind of like reconnecting back you know, with yourself. Um, Oh, yes. And I think, you know, oftentimes, even when we talk about therapy, um, and some we don't talk about this part sometimes, like reconnecting to our bodies. I've heard a lot of people who have kind of gone through the steps of like self-acceptance and being fat, Mm -hmm. you know, reconnecting with their bodies and actually being mindful of what their bodies do for them. Um, Yes. Because for so long, we've looked at our body like as this machine or this mechanism that's supposed to be presented a certain way and get us from point A to point B. Um, But we don't take a whole lot of time to like honor it. We don't take a whole lot of time to um, to really, I guess, to get in depth with it. Yeah. And what it means to us um, and why it functions the way that it does and realizing that, you know, the same eight count that you did at 280 pounds is the same eight count that you would do at 150 pounds. And it's still your body that's doing that work. Um, And so your body still should be, you know, honored in some ways because of that connecting back to, you know, kind of connecting back to that base. Absolutely. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. And then the thing that's really cool is like, um, or that I find really interesting as well is that it's, it seems like not difficult mm-hmm. to educate someone on how to accept their body, like the theory of it, you know, mm-hmm. like getting it in the head is not the hard part. The thing that's hard is translating that theoretical knowledge into actual physical knowledge where mm-hmm. I know I'm supposed to be like having a good relationship with my body. I know I'm supposed to be looking at my body and appreciating my body and touching my body. But when I'm in the shower and I'm washing my body, like physically touching my body, my mind is completely somewhere else. And it's like, you know, I'm just on autopilot. Um, It's so difficult to make that connection, you know, to, to transfer theoretical head knowledge into, you know, physical embodiment knowledge um that's really a challenge right and i think application i think is something that we struggle with in general um yeah you know what i mean it's just like you know stuff i mean and i think that's even with regular things yes it's like you know it but you don't always do it like you know you need seven hours of sleep and that sounds good but when it actually comes to getting seven hours of sleep, you actually practicing those things and being, you know, being mindful of the time, being mindful of how you spend your day so that you can have seven hours exactly. um, 
to spend is a whole nother story. <laughs> I love whole that nother... you're saying. <laughs> I, I love that you're saying being mindful because this is mm-hmm. something. Um, it's a buzzword. Mindful is this buzzword that's like you know all over the place right now. But yeah. like, really, mindfulness is a big deal because it is at the core of acceptance and self compassion. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I essentially though I'm a health coach, I teach people how to have self-compassion and then eat vegetables and move their bodies in ways that feel good. But but first, self-compassion. And in order to have self-compassion, you need to like actually be in touch with yourself. You need to actually um, observe and like sit with the reality of yourself. And like, if you can't do that, if you can't be mindful, if you can't like be in the moment as you're walking, if you can't be in the moment while you're in the shower, if you can't be in the moment while you're eating your lunch, you're never going to actually make that um, connection with your body because your body needs you to be in the moment with it sometimes. Right. And okay, so when I was going, um, I was going to therapy, um, before I don't, I get, I don't know if this is like normal, but my, like my therapist kind of cut me off. I don't know, whatever. Oh, that's another <laughs> another day, another time. Like she just stopped reaching out to me, and I was like, did she oh, break no. up with me? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, for the short time that I had, uh, somebody I was seeing. Um, and I was going to therapy, like that was my, that's what she told me. That was like my, my homework. She was like, you have to practice mindfulness. Like mm. you need to be present in the moment. Yes. Like practice mindfulness. And when I tell you that was one of the hardest things, Girl. like detach yes. from your phone. Don't worry about anything else that's going on before or after. Like right now you need to be present in the moment. Absolutely. Experience what you're experiencing right now. Absolutely. And the 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 type of self-control that it takes. Because mm. I, you know, because kind of like, you know, echoing back off of, like we don't practice mindfulness. We don't right. even know, you know, you don't even realize that you're not being mindful or how much you're not being mindful. Um and it was just like, no, Joy, what are you doing right now? Be here yeah. now. Yeah. Put your phone down. Why are you thinking about what's going to happen six hours from now? Why are you thinking about what's going to happen? You know, what happened yesterday? What's happening right now? Or it's like, and oh, so, my plate is empty. How'd that happen? Right. Right. Exactly. Like, I could have swore I just had. Right. I mean, I thought I had some vegetable. It's gone. I, right. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Or, you know, sometimes it's like you could be sitting watching TV and then you're like, what happened? Well, wasn't you, you know, it's kind of like, weren't you watching it? No, because your mind was somewhere else. Exactly. You were thinking about something else. And so, exactly. you know, um, having to sit, you know, sometimes sit in a place and process um, what's going on in your own body. And in some, t- in some, in some ways, you know, kind of working back through that journey of how you've gotten to a place to disconnect yourself from your body um, and finding a way back to reconnect yourself. Um, And I often laugh and joke about this, but that is one of the perks of being able to live by yourself is that you are home with your own thoughts, 
Nobody else is making noise but you, unless you happen to be like me who lives underneath a neighbor who likes to sing opera. Oh, nice. For the most part, uh, it's nice if you can sing opera, but whatever. Um, (laughs) But for the most part, um, if you are home, um, sometimes this has been some of the places where I have the greatest self-reflection, some places Mm -hmm. where I have the greatest you know, time to sit with myself and say, you know, okay, what's going on right now? Why do you feel why, you know, why are you feeling like you feel? What is connecting? What is not connecting? You know, sometimes people with anxiety and there's been times when I felt anxiety and I had no idea why, Mm. like it's coming from everywhere. And you're like, okay, why are you anxious? And there's been times like that. And then I have to sit and realize, okay, Joy, you're in the car right now. And you're in the middle of traffic. Mm-hmm. But it's things like that, that you don't, sometimes you just don't, we don't practice mindfulness. We don't know what it's like to be present. Right. Because, and I think a lot of it just deals with like socialization, like We've kind of been socialized to always be on the go, to always run. You're always looking to do the next thing. You're always looking to be, and I mean, this is some of the issue. This is another topic, but, you know, when we (laughs) we start talking about self-development and all of this stuff, like, oh, I want to be my best self. Well, you don't know what that is. So what you're really chasing in a lot of ways is an ideal of what you think your best self is. So- Oftentimes when we, you know, but the point of the matter is that we're always chasing something. We're not learning how to be content. We're not learning how to be okay with who we are, where we are right now, because when we wake up, say again. Who is you, Sharon? (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, you know, being able to be in a place where you are almost like when you're, you're okay, like instead of always wanting to jump and move to the next thing. And even when it came to issues of weight loss, it was like, if you had a goal set to lose 70 pounds, you lose that five, your mind is already on that next five, that next 10, that next 15. You're not thinking about where you are right now. You're not thinking about what your body's doing for you, any of that stuff. And if you're somebody who deals with fat phobia every day, if you're somebody who struggles with you know, self-hating um, type of remarks and, and and feelings and thoughts, then you're constantly like, that's where your focus is. Yeah. Like you said, like how your, how your love handles stick out, how your clothes don't fit, how your exactly. belly sticks out, the pudge, whatever, all of those things. And you're not focusing on what your body can actually do, right? Exactly. You're not focusing on how soft your skin is. Right. Shoot, I got soft skin. Okay. Talk about like it. you're not, <laughs> you're not talking about those things. You're not talking about, you know, the things that make you unique, the things that make you, you, the things that make right. you special. Um, because in a lot of ways, you're only focused on the, what you don't like. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think that it's extremely important to kind of come back to those places and reconnect with yourself and take the time to do it. Take a time to unplug, um, to turn off Facebook, to turn off Instagram. Like I have a rule. I don't scroll on Instagram for too long. 
Because mm. I, I mean, even pretty, Dangerous. like even, you know, even pretty larger bodies. I right. typically, after a while, I've had enough. Yeah. Like, because I'm not going to internalize, like they are beautiful in their own right, but so are you. So yes. don't forget to look in the mirror exactly. and appreciate who you are and what you have and appreciate your shape and realize that filters are real. Filters and are a lot real. of people use them. Right. Photoshop is so good. Right. Right. Especially if you're good at using it. <laughs> Photoshop will change your well, it will change your internet life. Okay. Um, <laughs> so so people should definitely be mindful of that. Um, as we are in this age of social media frenzy, running around going crazy. Woo. Yeah. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because you know, I'm like, this is this is probably I'm gonna set a record, I already know, but I love this talk, like, I love the interview, I love everything that we are talking about, and I think that it's great. Um, and I and I'm and I'm extremely grateful for um, the way that fat activism has kind of taken hold in different places and how we've gained um, enough recognition um, to hold events at this point i'm not saying that we've reached the place of liberation in some ways but we definitely have communities we definitely have um enough people who are talking about and who have been talking about fat activism for a while right um, and so for that i'm grateful i mean when i tell people like fat activism has been around for over 40 years people kind of look at you like you're weird but it mm -hmm. has and it kind of started in the 60s and um, at least in the United States. And so, um, well, that which has been documented, should I say, um, right. that's been documented since the 60s, but we kind of know how that works. Um, I'm sure it was, it was a lot of things happening before then, but when yeah. people decided to write things down, this is where they start the history. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of brings us to a place of talking about where we are today as far as fat activism is concerned. And we do have something that's coming up extremely special this weekend, which is known as the Fat Activism Conference. Um, yeah. Both you and I have the privilege of serving on the planning committee um, yes. for the Fat Activism Conference. And I cannot honestly tell you how I got involved with the conference because I do not remember. <laughs> Oh man, I don't. And I was thinking about this the other day, like how did I, who sent me an email? Somebody um, sent me an email and I remember kind of, you know, sitting back for a minute and being a little bit, being in a little bit of disbelief because um, Reagan Chastain has sent me, um, she has sent me an email, like a follow-up email of something or yeah. of some sort. And I'm sitting there staring like Reagan Chastain, the Reagan Chastain, the dance with right. fat. Reagan Chastain and then you know it's like well I'm going to send you the speakers that are going to be speaking and then there's like a list and I'm looking at it and I'm like OMG like these are like <laughs> the people like you know the people right. that you share you know I, I shared your status I done retweeted something of yours and I had no idea um, mm -hmm. that I would be in contact with these people and in contact with such an awesome um, community of individuals who are doing work Yes. Um, doing fat activism work in their own way. Um, and, you know, I think about that. I mean, I think about, you know, uh, uh, Ivy Felicia, who kind of practices um, 
kind of like you know she's the body relationship coach i believe that's the way to say it and so you know dealing with her people that are from be nourished um dealing Mm. with people who are recovering from eating disorders and then we have you know people like ashley shackleford who is you know breaking down barriers in her own rights in regards to um what it means to be black and fat um in in the united states and so um what has been your take on the fat activism conference Mm. i mean it's just i think it's an amazing Mm -hmm. um assembly of people who are doing this work and um the thing that i like about the conference is the fact that it's not just the big name people like you also as a nobody fat activist person can put your you know throw your name in the hat and say yeah you know I have something to say um and you know so like this was like well, this is what I did two years ago um and I spoke at the fat uh, you know I had a talk at the fat activism conference and it was uh 16 and I was just like so proud of myself because like you know in the same breath where someone would say, you know, Reagan Chastain and, you know, uh, Sonia Renee, Renee Taylor, they would also say Tiana Dodson. It was like, yeah, yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> um, right. so, so I think it's really great. Cause you know, it's, it's not like, it's not just, um, you know, women, white women from the United States. It's, there's quite a lot of diversity. There are men, there are women, and there's also people from all over the world. And I think that's really super great because um, fat activism isn't just a United States thing right now. I mean, maybe it started there, I'm not sure, but, but basically it's something that's happening all over the world. Fat people all over the world are reclaiming their fat and you know, saying, hey, we take up space and it's fucking fine. Um, And I think that's just amazing to be introduced to them, Um, you know, usually through the Fat Activism Conference or through speakers at the Fat Activism Conference. And it's just like a wonderful experience, honestly. Yeah. It's it's action-packed. Right. (laughs) And I'm grateful. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things that may be behind the scenes that a lot of people um, just, I guess, don't get to see is that like you do create this sense of community. People do remember your names. People do, you know, enjoy speaking to you, even if it's over email, Um, even if it's over, um, you know, even if it's over the telephone. Um, And so I think that, you know, it's great that there's such an openness even within the community. Whereas, you know, you're not just creating this event that's going to happen, but you're also creating connections that will last a lot longer um, than the conference itself. And so for people who don't know, like the Fat Activism Conference is pretty much it's two days. This year it's happening the 6th through the 8th of October, and it's a virtual um, conference. And so it enables people to you can get the talks um you log into your computer you can log in i think i mean to your computer or your smartphone you can listen to the talks um there's yeah, usually like a in. chat group yeah, yeah. there's a mm-hmm. call in that you can listen to um if you get the if you register for a certain type of package i believe they also send you a usb with the talks on it so that you can have them for your own yep. use 
no everything. downloading. Right. No downloading. So no, you know, filling up your storage um, with, or filling up your computer with files and all this other stuff. And then there's like a goodie bag that you get with a bunch of um, discounts and, and, and free gifts and things of that nature. So that's always fun too. Um, But it's really just about like, kind of like what we've talked about on steroids. Yeah. Like two days, just uh, information that's given to you about loving your body and about being able to spread the word in your own way, share the message of self-acceptance and fat acceptance in your own way. And I think that it is just such a wonderful and a great and lovely thing um, to have, especially for the community of those who are fighting in fat activism, um, because it can be lonely sometimes. Boy, um, is that true? And definitely, um, in a lot of ways, exhausting. Um, mm. If you are somebody who is fat and if you are somebody who, you know, is if you're fighting against, you know, these different structural powers in different places. Um, and that's going to, you know, that definitely differs and varies depending on your identity. And so I used, I often tell people like I'm a triple doozy, like I'm black, I'm fat, and I'm a woman. Yes. So, so fighting that fight can be exhausting on a yes. number of a uh, number of fronts. Um, but being able to kind of sit back and being a part of a community, chatting with individuals who um, who think like you and who feel like you, gives you an opportunity to kind of be recharged. And mm-hmm. having those talks on USB gives you an opportunity to go back and pull out nuggets when you need them. Um, to encourage you along the way. So I really do hope that there are a lot of people who are tuning in um, for the Fat Activism Conference. I do believe there's still time to register. Yes, there Um, is. Yeah, so people should register and there is a pay what you can option, um, which I often tell people, especially students who are interested in fat activism um, and body positivity, like, you know, you don't have to be rich to get access to the recordings. And you um, don't have to be an activist to right. be interested in the Fat Activism Conference. I mean, if you Excellent. just want to know what is fat activism about or just get some information, get more information about like, you know, um, the very fact that it is okay to be fat. Like if you need to be convinced about that, if you're a fat person and you're kind of teetering on the edge, like you're not sure... Um, the Fat Activism Conference is also a really great place for you because you will hear from people, you will hear their experience, um, and you will also hear from people who have done the research and are continuing to do research into how fat is not the end of the world. Right, right. And we need it. And I think, you know, the other part is that you also will hear these personal stories and you'll realize that on some level you are not alone in in your journey, Um, you know, and sometimes it's easy to sit alone and be like, man, why do I feel this way? Or I lost a lot of weight, then I gained back twice as much and I don't understand why. And then you say you hear other people tell their stories, how they, too, have been through the same thing and how they've gotten to a place of being able to, um, whether it be activism, whether it be self-acceptance, whether it be, you know, I'm still in this journey and I'm still learning. 
because that's part of it you know Absolutely. that's also part of it that sometimes we don't talk about like you know what is it like to have quote unquote bad days when you look in the mirror and you're just like this sucks like this all sucks and I don't like the way that I look and I don't like the way that I feel and all of those things and how do you manage those emotions um on a day-to-day basis and so I think all of those things are extremely helpful um and the fat activism conference can do that it's available for that and so um I think that that's really cool absolutely yes absolutely all right so um (laughs) oh um so is there anyone in particular that you're looking forward to hearing speak so um ivy felicia is actually a buddy of mine (laughs) i've known her for a while um she's also eventually yeah oh excellent (laughs) yeah she's she's pretty cool um and i know she's like uh she's got a lot on her plate right now Mm -hmm. um getting married and things so i haven't heard from her in a bit but you know i I really can't on facebook and didn't see the donuts (laughs) She was looking for vegan donuts. I've seen them on Facebook, so. Oh, boy. Can't wait to see what she's going to talk about because uh, she's she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I also have some friends that are speaking. So Crystal Newman, um, she's going to be speaking. She's from um, Fat Positive Kentucky, and I actually met her oh, cool. um, at a PCA conference. Um, she's been doing a lot of fat activism work locally where she mm-hmm. is, and she kind of formed a group um, on her campus which I think is the University of Louisville or Louisville. I don't know. I think it's in Louisville, Kentucky, though. Um, And so um, she's kind of working towards that. So I'm looking forward to seeing her speak. um, And hopefully she'll be on the show too shortly. Um, But, I mean, just the glow up, like the come up. I love seeing um, people have a platform um, to share their thoughts and their feelings. about things and if you've been doing the work and if you've been busy um putting your hands to things um it's always good to kind of get a perspective from individuals about the work that they've been doing um and adding to what we know to be um fat activism so i'm looking forward to that um there's going to be a lot of talks. I know i i've i've I've, i was assigned at least roughly 10 to 15 speakers (laughs) Wow. So um kind of corresponding with everybody and 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 sending emails and different things like that. So um I've seen some of the handouts, I've seen some of the titles, so I know it's going to be enjoyable. I know it's going to be fun um to kind of hear what people have to say. And so the 6th and the 8th, I'm like don't call me, don't text me. <laughs> right. Don't don't do any of that stuff. I actually think so. I'm a soccer fan, big soccer um, fan, and I think Chelsea is on international break or something this weekend, which means there's no games. Mm. So I guess the universe is just kind of working this out for me right now. Um, <laughs> I don't have any distractions um and I'm going to get my, you know, I'll get my dissertation stuff done on Friday. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so I'm like, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm happy about what's going on. I'm happy for you. I'm excited about the work that you're doing abroad and how that's been working out. It's been a great pleasure kind of meeting with you and just, you know, setting up a time to talk. I think this kind of happened the last time we talked the first time. 
And <laughs> if you would have told me that you didn't have to leave, we'd probably still be talking right now. All right. <laughs> right now, because we had a, <laughs> it was, it was kind of long, um, but fun. Nevertheless, I do understand and I'm slightly long-winded. So I take that. That makes um, two of us. Ways. <laughs> and that appreciate that. <laughs> and so tell, tell, tell people, tell the people, um, where can they find you? Um, well, the people. All right, yes. the people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I uh, I don't really hang out on Twitter, but I am on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I mostly hang out on Facebook. Um, and because I'm six hours ahead of Eastern, I'm there really early in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at really odd times of the day, generally. Um, okay. Because I also have a two-year-old son. So you know, my time is not exactly my own all the time. Um, And so like, you can find me on Facebook. I have uh, a business page uh, where you can find me, Tiana the Coach. That's me on Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook group that I just started called In This Body. And it's, it's just a place for people who want to learn self-compassion or practice self-compassion um with their bodies um that's what my group is about in this body um on twitter i'm at one beautiful yes and generally i'm on there saying smart things um you know trying to keep it concise 140 characters yeah Uh, but i'm also on instagram not as often as I should be <laughs> because Instagram is great, but um, I share fun photos or not. Yes. I find them fun. I think they're really fun <laughs> photos. I share uh-huh. fun photos from my life, um, you know, here in Germany and stuff that I do um, on Instagram at one beautiful. Yes. And I started a podcast. Yes. Let's not forget that. <laughs> hey, yes, you <laughs> the- yeah, I started a podcast. Um, and uh, it is called the One Beautiful Yes podcast. And nice. so far, I've got one whole episode. Um, and I've got a second episode that is in processing. So hopefully, it'll be out uh, either this week or next. Um, and more to come. And I've been playing with video. So I'm starting to do uh, Facebook live videos and stuff on YouTube. And, uh, so you're not only going to see my words, um, or read my words on my blog, which is tianadodson.com, D-O-D-S-O-N.com. Um, you can also hear my voice through my podcast and also eventually start to see my face. So I'm going to become like a real internet person. (laughs) That's excellent, right? Yes. Let me tell you, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. So people who can stand to be, you know, um, can stand to be on social media, like on a regular basis. (laughs) Yes. Like big ups, props, the whole nine yards. I just, I, after a while, like my eyes start to twitch. It's how I keep in touch with the people. Oh, okay. Yeah, with the you know, people. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. I got to keep in touch with my people. So, right. you know, like, like not just, you know, people who are interested in me um, as a fat activist, but also like, you know, 
people that I I know in real life, like my friends yeah, and, and family. And yeah. like, uh, this is the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah. Since I'm like, let's see, I'm eight hours ahead of my mom, six hours ahead of my sister. Like it's it's just a mess trying to yeah. organize. Oh, I'm now nine hours ahead of my my best friend. So like trying to organize like a call is just crazy. Yeah. So book is the place. I hear you. I understand. I got a bunch of family on Facebook too. Yeah. And I think I mean, I think I'm more, I mean, definitely more active on my personal Facebook page than mm-hmm. I am on like the other pages just cause, yeah. but yeah, but social media is, you know, it, apparently this is the wave of the future. So I guess I better get with it eventually. We, are, we live in the future. Yes, yeah. come find me. Come find me <laughs> in the internet. Yes, we so people chat. should absolutely come look look for Tiana on the internet, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, live videos, people, on the podcast, on the blog. Um, and I'll make sure that I in some shape, where form, I got to find a way to link all of these things, but yes. I'll make sure that I put your information up when we put Thank up this you. episode, yes. um, because it's necessary. Um, Absolutely. and so, um, since we are also throwing out connections, I guess I should also put out where you can find fresh out the cocoon. Yes. Let so, us know. Where can <laughs> we find you? Fresh Out of the Cocoon is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, all under Fresh Out of the Cocoon or Fresh Out the Cocoon. Tune in, radio, Spreaker Radio. Jeez, I think that's it. Oh, and Google Play Music. Uh, we're all, I also have a Facebook page, Fresh Out the Cocoon. Um, on Twitter is at FOTC underscore podcast. Instagram, Fresh Out the Cocoon. But if you want merch, t-shirts, right? Um, I also design t-shirts in conjunction with the podcast. You can find that on Instagram at FOTC underscore T's, T-E-E-S. Or you can visit the actual store, which is freshoutthecocoon.com. Um, there's also a discussion group um, for Fresh Out the Cocoon if we want to talk about episodes. Um, so that's also on Facebook, and I believe it's called Fresh Out the Cocoon Discussion Group. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, there's a lot of links. There's a lot of things that you can click on um, to find us and to reach us. And I do hope that people will listen to this episode and kind of give some feedback. Um, Tayana, it has been a pleasure ma'am a pleasure 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 talking to you today um thank you and and just hearing your insight and hearing what you're doing um and it's really a source of inspiration uh, for me and then also i'm sure you inspire other people who listen to you um and who see you out here doing stuff um being active in the community and being active in the things that you believe in so thank you so much for being on the show today i truly do appreciate it oh thanks for having me (laughs) it was great anytime anytime (laughs) um and so for those who are listening thank everybody for listening make sure that you like comment share um with your friends tweet retweet all of that good and fancy and beautiful stuff and as always be you and stay fresh Oh, yeah.